campaign trail and back on the mic, Wesley Hunt continues the fight. Along with his brother, Rendon, they chronicle their family experience from slavery to West Point and beyond. Tackling the difficult topics facing our nation, they're on a mission to save the American dream. Buckle up and welcome aboard. You're in the hunt. I'm Wesley Hunt. I'm Rendon Hunt. And, and you're, you're in the, the hunt. hunt. Did you see Antonio Brown this past week? <laughs> I thought I hit you without the top rope. <laughs> yeah. Did you see this grown man throw a temper tantrum on the sideline by removing his pads, his throwing his gloves up to the stands, taking his shirt off, chucking the deuces? And leaving the game in the middle, I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. And by the way, at this point, I don't care why he did it. I don't care. Who are you, macho man coming off the top I don't care. Bro? I don't care why he did it. Oh, I don't care. Well, hey, he got asked to leave. My ankle hurt. He got to say, I don't care. Okay? This dude took his clothes off, ripped it around his head like a helicopter, and walked off the field. All right, let's back up for a second. What? Happy New Year to our listener. This yeah. is our first show of the year. <laughs> you're going, you're going straight for the jugular. Did you see? Did you see that? I did, and I was watching the game live. Yeah, it it was crazy. That was crazy. Okay, like literally crazy. And there's a couple of different angles that that I think about this in terms of the way that you approach it. One of them, uh, Matt T. Matt Topolsky had brought up to me that I love. First and foremost. Let's step back and think about the people who have interacted with and coached Antonio Brown. Mike Tomlin deserves a Nobel Peace Prize for putting up with Antonio Brown for nine years. Yeah. Okay? Because clearly the guy is not wrapped too tight. So that's one thing that I think about. And even it makes you think about Tom Brady in a different light, especially the way that he responded to everything that happened. He responded in a way that I felt was very empathetic, graceful to his now former teammate. But then there's this other piece of this where we are still in the woke cinematic universe, okay? <laughs> Just because there's multiple woke Spider-Men and women <laughs> doesn't mean that we've somehow Dr. Stranged our way out of the woke cinematic universe. I always wanted to kind of do that. See, see what I did there? Yeah, I did. See what yeah, I did yeah. there? Yeah. So what we're seeing right now, and kudos, kudos to people that are saying this, it's this whole idea of all the advocates for mental health, right? Where are you now? <laughs> okay? You have you, all you woke advocates for mental health. You have a black man who is in a stadium, taking his shirt off. Clearly this guy has had issues for a very long time. Okay? But where are all those people that want to advocate for mental health? Where are you right now? Wesley, it's the same thing when we talk about gun rights all the time, right? Things happen, you're like, well, where, 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 where are all the gun rights activists every time there's a shooting in Compton, California, or the south side of Chicago? Yeah. Where are those people? So, I put myself in a position of, I get it. There clearly is, clearly there's something going on there. 
I put myself in the position of, Brendan, I guess I'm simple. You get up every day to play a sport. Now, I don't care how much mental illness you have or what's going yeah. on. You get up every day to play a sport for a few months of the year, and then you have the off season, and you get paid a premium to catch a football and run with it every day. You get paid millions of dollars to catch a football and run with it every day. Do you know what people would give to get paid millions of dollars to catch a football and run with it? And when you're one of the best people to do it, really ever, yeah, he's he's guy. one of the best ever to do it. And you have that much talent, and you have one job, and one job only. We're going to skate to one song and one song only. And you become so entitled that it becomes acceptable in your mind to forego an additional million dollars when you have two games to make eight more catches, one more touchdown catch, and 55 more yards. And you get so irate and so incensed and so entitled that you believe that I'm going to go out in such a blaze of glory with my middle finger in the air to the world because you think that's an appropriate response for somebody who gets paid millions of dollars to catch a football and run with it. Here's what's happening. Well, and what's happening? And here's here's also a thing. And, and, I, and I want to say, I do want to say this. We, you and I have talked about generational gaps here for quite some time now. This is beyond mental health, in my opinion. This is a culture issue. As crazy as T.O. was, and he was probably one of the more bombastic and craziest of the of, of the bunch, or even in Randy Moss and some of his and some of his crazy. Rants and tirades, and we've seen Sharpies, and and we've seen him mooning the crowd after he scored a touchdown in Green Bay. I mean, we've seen some really interesting celebrations. It's a nice way to put for, it for some of these individuals. Okay, at no time in that era, 10, 20 years ago, would would somebody flamboyantly quit in that fashion? Yeah. Well. And there's, there's one thing that I certainly want to delineate here, Wesley. And this is something that when you talk about the cultural gap, yeah. I think it's important for us to see. Okay, Mental illness cannot be the scapegoat for everything That's that somebody does. why I said that. It can't be, Rendon. Okay? It can't be for everything. And please don't, once again, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that that this is not an individual that has severe mental health issues. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that from the standpoint of our culture and how we address people and how we address situations, there still is a right and wrong way to do things. Mm -hmm. There still is a level of accountability that grown people have to have for the actions that they take. And and, And we live in a culture where it's really difficult because I'm trying to figure out how to raise my kids in this culture. Mm-hmm. Because it's this idea that whatever I do, even if it's wrong, I have a cop out that I can't deal with this emotionally. 
So if I decided that I can't deal with something emotionally, then anything that I do at all times is explainable to me and everybody else should understand that, that that's the way that's that it's going to works. be. But that's not the way that life works. And you look at somebody like Antonio Brown, it's really interesting because on some level, there is a high degree of conformity that comes along with playing organized sports. Yeah. Everybody wears the same uniform, don't they? Now we're talking. Right? Now we're talking. Everybody's wearing the same type of shoes, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's wearing the same type of helmet, right? There's a level of conformity that comes with this. There's also a level of conformity with the idea that we all are doing this together to win. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, as nutty as Dennis Rodman was, you can delineate the times in Dennis Rodman's career where he helped his team win and the times in Dennis Rodman's career where he was hurting his team. Yes. You can easily see it. Yes. You can see that transition from the Detroit Pistons <clears throat> to the Spurs where he was hurting them. Yeah. You can see that transition to the Bulls where he was helping them, yeah. to the Lakers where he was hurting them. You can easily see those transitions in his career. So it's not a condemnation of the fact that he has mental health issues. Either he's on board or he isn't. Yes. Either he is part of the team in the effort to move forward to do things better or he isn't. When he wasn't a part of the team, like when he was in San Antonio, and also played for, for the first 10 games for the L.A. Lakers, if you recall, with Kobe and Shaq, he was a detriment. Yeah. And he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And we know we know Dennis Rodman has mental illness issues. Yes. Do you want to contribute or not? And, and I don't know what happened. I don't know what the de- – I've heard multiple details and this, that, and the third. I, I – I just I just can't believe that you can't just frustratedly sit down on the sideline and wait till halftime. Yeah. yeah it's hard. Like, it's hard for you to it's hard for you to grasp. It's, 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 I'm having so, a good time. But a hard time. Let me bring up another point that I think a very is very interesting here. I think we have to be very careful as a culture for putting a ceiling on people that have mental health issues. Yeah. Right? It's this whole idea that, well, because this person has mental health issues, I can't expect them to do anything right. That's ridiculous. Like, that's the ceiling that, that's the ceiling that we're that, putting on people. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That, that really is. We're, well, well, he has mental health issues. So That's this asterisk for, well, he's going to screw this all up. Yeah. At, at what point in our society, there are a lot of people that have mental health issues who are some of the highest contributing people in the history of our society. So at what point do we think about this from a perspective of accountability as well? And at what point do we think about this from the perspective of revisiting what we feel is quote-unquote handicapped? People would say that about, about, about people like us. Oh, the color of your skin, you're limited in what you can do. Be, not, be, care, be careful. careful. Be careful about how you limit the capabilities of people. Yeah. And once again, this doesn't come from me. This comes from the woke cinematic universe, man. Mm-hmm. It's not us. Well, speaking of the woke cinematic universe, do you see what Secretary Blinken did this week? <laughs> yeah. In the midst of a really different time, difficult time for us, 
with what's going on in China and Taiwan, our haphazardly done, haphazardly done withdrawal from Afghanistan to now Russia to now allowing Iran a pathway to have a nuclear weapon to now China looking to build a military base on the Atlantic coast of Africa, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Our secretary decides to put out on Twitter his Spotify playlist. Eight times. This is what we're doing. All the things that are going on in the world today. How tone deaf are you to think that we give a rat's ass about your Spotify playlist for for your band? So when we talk like this, I think there are some people that might say, well, you're a Republican, so you're just being hard on Democrats. Or, or, Or that's not fair because... His rationale was, we're trying to bring people together through music. Bruh. Did you say, did you say Abe Abe Lincoln? Bruh. No, I said, hey, Blinken. Hey, Blinken. Speaking of Blinken, do you gentlemen mind if I share just a few of the songs from this playlist? Oh, sure. Uh, how about this hit from Bruno Mars, Leave the Door Open, oh. like they did in Afghanistan? Oh. Or perhaps Diana Ross's Thank You. My personal favorite is State of Grace from Taylor Swift. So, this reminds me. Tay Tay's all right. This re- <laughs> the this reminds me of Alessandra Ocasio Cortez. I was gonna get on her. You must have read my mind. She was next on my list. Yeah, is this? This kind of reminds me of her from the standpoint of doubling down on pop culture and trying to be cool, yeah. while not doing the job that you're supposed to be doing. It's just not acceptable. Okay? Yeah. And when you have an individual who has talked more trash about the state of Florida and Governor DeSantis and Republican leadership. You have a person that has talked more trash than anybody else. implement vaccine mandates at the federal level. Implement vaccine mandates. Mass mandates. The person who's talked the most about this then goes off for vacation (laughs) to Florida. And is gallivanting around maskless, which I don't have a problem with. Of course we don't. But very similar to the Met Ball, don't tell everybody else that they can't do it, only to be able to afford the luxuries to go do it yourself. Exactly. And then to have the goal to do that and when you're asked questions about it and asked questions about the hypocrisy to make it seem like somebody's belittling you or is talking to you in a sexist way, because that's where every conversation has to go. 
not this idea of accountability for what you're doing, or not this novel idea that now we're seeing on MSNBC and everywhere else with, with Chris Hayes coming up with this novel idea of we shouldn't shut down the economy again because we're in a position now where we can fight this and we have vaccines and it's not as contagious as we would think. And this is like the flu. It's like Chris Hayes, dude, people have been saying this for two years. Yeah. We've been saying this for a while. This is not worth shutting down the economy for, certainly not again. Especially right now. Alec Baldwin has killed more people than Omicron. Too soon. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to keep it. The the point, we've been saying this for a very long time, and this this hypocrisy it's crazy. It goes back to, to old to, to Nancy Pelosi. You you got to shut down California. You can't go to salons. And what does she do? She's secretly getting her hair done without a mask on. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like it's such it's so ridiculous to think that it's it's rules for thee, not for me. Yes. And by the way, you're right, Renan. AOC has no business being in Florida. After all the big boy trash, she's excuse me, big girl trash, she's been talking for the past for the past two years about Florida. And then was spotted out with her boyfriend, you know, having a nice cappuccino outside, which by by the way, look, I don't want you to cut a hole in your mask so you can drink out of your cappuccino. I'm fine with you taking your mask off, okay? Yes. These are your rules, not mine. Then you say conservative men just want to sleep with me. And so they're frustrated. The thing that really bothers me about that is Nobody is making it a sexual thing. Nobody was. Nobody is even talking about that. Nobody was. And then all of a sudden, you're going to come into an environment and hypersexualize something that has nothing to do with sex. It's ridiculous. And once again, that's very irresponsible. It is. It is. It is. And it's very tone deaf to me. It is. And it's very unnecessary to me. Like, why would that? and, And honestly, it's kind of one of these things, you know, I, I, I certainly have a sense of humor. I think a lot of off-color things are very funny, so right? So to me, I just don't think that that's very funny. I don't think it's funny at all. It's not I, funny. I, it's not I, funny I really don't. I, I just, I just, I it's just, not funny at all. I just don't. This reminds me of, of the movie Knocked Up, right? <laughs> My roommate, <laughs> Mike Wentz. Big ups to Mike. My roommate, Mike really liked the movie Knocked Up, right? I could never see the movie as funny. I just didn't have the, the premise, ability the to. the premise of it. Because the premise for me was not funny. Like, the idea that some loser can score this girl that he had otherwise would not have been able to, to land and she gets pregnant on a one, that's not funny to me. Like, yeah, that funny. premise, I don't care what kind of it's jokes you pepper around that, the idea to me is not funny. Not funny. And that's kind of how I feel about this idea of we're asking you about masks and being out and about. And then the first thing you jump to is that people are sexually frustrated and want to sleep. That, that just to me, it's just it's just not funny. It's just not funny. I don't appreciate it. It's not funny. I really don't. It's not funny. And granted, like I know people are prepping me. There's a lot of things that I find funny that others would 
I get that. But to me, I didn't really appreciate it. It's not that. funny. It's dismissive, and it's, it's, it's throwing out a distraction to make you focus on, on, on anything other than the fact that you were talking trash about Florida the entire time, and that you go there and you vacation there. That's not right. Yeah. That's not right. And then as a congressperson, like I, like I intend on being here in the not-so-distant future, you're supposed to be with your people. You're supposed to be suffering with your people. That's it. You're supposed to be in your district, not going out, sitting up in your in your apartment like everybody else in your district because you're telling them that they can't work and they can't go out and they need vaccine mandates. to They need vaccine cards to get into restaurants and to work and do it. You need to be with them because that's who you represent. And if you don't like it, then come on, move down to Florida. Come on, move down to Texas. And then you can go do whatever you want. But you're not doing that. You're visiting the areas that you are talking trash about. Yeah. yeah. Nah, man. The areas that you're talking trash about that are implementing policies that make it possible for you to visit there and have a good oh, time. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Which are the opposite policies that you're impl- that you want to implement in your own yeah. state. So you want to take advantage of oh, that man. on behalf of other people. Oh, man. But once again, like that's okay for you. But the others who who perhaps don't have the funds or don't have the access to get down there, it's not okay for them. Yeah. So they have to deal with the policies that you promote, but you don't have to deal with the policies that you promote. Yeah. It's pretty selfish, man. It's ridiculous. It's pretty selfish. It's ridiculous. And even as we're, we're we're thinking now about what's happening with with COVID, has been you know fascinating in a lot of different ways. Okay. I think that one thing that we need to at some point embraces, and you and I have talked about this a million times, we're all going to get this. Yes. Okay? Yes. We're, we're, we're all going to get this. Like, it, it is making a transition to a cold and flu type of season. Yeah. That's what's happening. Yes. If there were ever a time in the last two years that I would want to get COVID. It's right now. This is the time. Do you remember, like, growing up, we used to have chicken pox parties? Yes. What happened to days where men were men and women were women? <laughs> what happened to the days of the fearless American <laughs> chicken pox parties? Oh, you, you got chicken pox? Oh. I'm sending them over right now. <laughs> he hadn't had a net. I'm sending them over had, right now. He ate off that spoon and drank off that. Sign me up. Remember those days? Yeah. Chicken pox parties. Let's knock this whole thing. Let's get this over with. Yeah. Especially at this point. Your point's well taken. But here's also what's interesting about COVID right now. This is something that I've been messaging on for the for the for the for the past week. If you recall, candidate Biden was talking about how I'm going to take, I'm going to end this virus. Do your Biden. Do your Biden. No. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I it's pretty good. <laughs> Come on, man. Do your do your you did the other day. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm going to take you out of the virus. <laughs> I'm not doing my. I'm going to beat the virus. Take the virus. I'm not, not, not doing it. So, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I'm not going. This, this is this this is bad. You know right? what? It's because of Allen, isn't it? I I've, I'm because of Kalodney. Okay, I, he's right, and I'm sorry for that. I just it's just funny. It, so so, but how crazy? Because Allen is it. Yeah, <laughs> how crazy is this? And and I I don't know whether to laugh or cry at this. Okay, <laughs> how crazy is it that I got I got a, I have a good Biden impersonation. Okay, there's a couple of impersonations that I do really well. Yeah. Joe Biden is one of them. Yeah, 
Elmo is one of them. You have them. a good Indian accent. I have a good Indian accent. Like, there's a couple of, of impersonations I do very well. Joe Biden's one of them. How bad is it that I can't impersonate the president of the United States because I'm afraid that people will say that I'm making fun of old people? That sucks. How bad is that? That sucks. How bad is that? that man, we gotta we gotta change. We need to go back to we need to go back <laughs> to the days where men were men and women were women. How, how, and we weren't all sensitive. Like like how bad is that? that like sucks. I like I'm afraid like and, and here's the thing. It's this whole idea, and this is this is gonna sound terrible, but I'm gonna say it anyway. We've gone down this road. Um there's a piece of this where it's like, oh my gosh, this individual slurs his speech and sounds incoherent. So you're making fun of him because he slurs his speech and sounds incoherent. And I'm like, but he's our president. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and like, like, it's and? like watching, it's, you know, I'm a biggest fan of Saturday Night Live. Like the reason why you slur your speech and sound incoherent when you do an impersonation of Joe Biden is because Joe Biden slurs his speech and sounds that's incoherent. That's funny. Right? Yeah. And that's what's so crazy, man. Like, I don't feel comfortable doing a Joe Biden impersonation. Well, I'm glad I got to witness it because it was pretty good. It's pretty, it's pretty good, good impersonation. It's pretty good. But, but, but Joe Biden, Joe Biden was literally talking a year ago as candidate Biden about how he was going to shut down the virus, and there were 200,000 deaths, and that with 200,000 deaths due, due to COVID, that President Trump was no longer fit to be the president of the United States of America. To be fair. If you would have asked me to impersonate Joe Biden as a candidate, the impersonation would have been very different <laughs> from my impersonation of Joe Biden now. And maybe that's my issue with it, right? Like that that's how much atrophy I feel has has happened. If I could do it, I'd definitely I'll definitely try to do it. <laughs> it's almost like a jangalang. Like jangalang. Because I'll give you an example. But, but let me finish. Let me finish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me finish. So, so today, last year, it's been 400,000 deaths due to COVID. Yeah. You didn't shut down the virus. No. Well, you didn't shut down the virus because it's not possible. Brent, that's my point. Then why would you say in the first so place? So you're holding people. You know, you know what it's like? That's my point, right? You know what it's like? It's like people. You can't shut down a virus. It's it's like it, it, it's like it's like people who are still walking around with cotton masks, fabric masks for an airborne disease. And we know it doesn't work. Miranda. If it ain't M95, it's not working, guys. But what, Wesley, it's like that meme that I sent you at the the Texas or at the the college football game. Yes, where they had the cut, band and, cut and all of the band had on masks and they, and they had the, the mouths cut out of the masks. <laughs> and the meme said, "This is the dumbest time in the history of man." Like literally, you have a tuba and a trombone player that are sitting there having a conversation and they're holding their instruments up, and there's a mask that covers their nose and their mouth is just wide hey, open. What school? What school was this? I want to say, uh, I don't want to misquote it. I'm not sure which school it was. It wasn't A&M, was it? A&M didn't play in their bowl game, remember? But that picture. I don't, a, I don't think it was A&M. It was a maroon color. So it could have been Alabama. It could have been Mississippi State. Okay. could have been ahead. Washington State. 
Continue. Yeah, could, could, could have been a number of maroon colors. But it's this whole idea, once again, that we're not even thinking about this in a pragmatic or logical way. Yeah, it's Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> now, look, I love my Aggies, okay? I love my Aggies, but... <laughs> yeah, that's hard. This is prime for a good Aggie joke. That one's hard to get around. <laughs> that, that one's hard to get around. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was hoping it was another one of those I know you schools. Were. I was hoping it was, too, actually. <laughs> but even... And, and, and once again, I, I think that one of the words that always comes up is this idea of, of virtue, virtue signaling and masking and double masking when, once again, you're listening to the CDC. Part of this is, is a leadership piece because I'm tired of the CDC continuing to put out different guidance week to week. Just, you know, Fa- Fauci comes on today and is like, yeah, you know, hey, the guidance is five days now after you have symptoms, you don't need to get tested, go – he got so much blowback from that that they're going to change the the guidance, not because anything has changed, yeah, and not because the science is different, but because there's a piece of people that wants to live in this contentious place. Yeah, they desire it. And I always wonder, what is it about the human condition that causes us to want to be there? Yeah. Like, what is it, man? Because even where we are right now, Wesley. I'll never forget about a year ago when the vaccines got big, right? The whole thing was once you have a vaccine, you can continue on with your normal life. Do you remember when that happened? Do you remember that? Yes. Once you have a vaccine, and this was before the Delta variant, okay? This was like OG, OG (laughs) COVID, COVID, okay? Okay? Right. This was OG COVID. The worst in terms of of mortality rates and things yes. of that sort. And yes. oh, by the way, back then we didn't know anything far about more it. virulent. We didn't know any far more virulent. We didn't know anything this, about it than this than this current strain. And they said, yeah. they said, hey man, when you get that 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 vaccine, you can act like the world is normal again, like you can go about your normal life. Okay. Then fast forward, now people have gotten vaccines booster shots we have a new strand that's 40 times as contagious as the delta variant many more times that than the original og covid (laughs) (laughs) but although it's 40 times as like the ice cube like the original strand, like the ice cube yes the ice cube this is the nwa of covid nwa okay So you have you have now a strand that that's so much more contagious. The OG, but but this the original is original gangster dog. But it's so much less lethal. Yes. Okay. So now we've made a transition to a virus that is way more manageable, and we have therapeutics, and people are vaccinated. Yeah. Do you know what they say, Wesley? They say this virus, the Getting Omicron and not being vaccinated is equivalent to getting Delta and being vaccinated. 
from the standpoint of how it affects your body, yeah. mortality rates and things of that sort. Yeah. And once again, I hear all of this. So why, and I say, why aren't we applauding that? What are we doing? Why, why aren't we applauding that, right? Why, like, why are we using this to say we got here because the vaccine was effective? Yeah. It's like, it's like the messaging here is like really off. And I do believe the vaccine was effective, actually. Absolutely. But, but that's how we got here this fast. I'm not arguing with that point. Yeah. So why are we fighting this? Yeah. Like, why do, why do we want to prolong tyranny? So Matt just sent me something that's actually really good. It's just the fastest growing states in the United States are who? Probably California, New York. Fastest growing. Oh, fastest growing? Texas and Florida. Well, 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 I thought you meant fastest COVID numbers. Well, well, who, well what's, the, what's, what's the fastest shrinking states? Uh, California and New York. A, a big, bingo. Yeah. Shocking. But once again, there's also this. But you know why this is happening, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, people aren't stupid. They aren't stupid. They're like, I, this is ridiculous that we are continuing to have this conversation. I don't want to have it anymore. No, I just want to go to Panera Bread and get and get my soup and, and get my soup and get my sandwich and walk away. That's all I want to do without and getting I, arrested. Without getting arrested because I don't have my vaccine papers. Yeah. All I want is Panera Bread. Can I get my Panera Bread, please? Yeah. No bread bowl for you. <laughs> That's all I want. Yeah. All I want Panera Bread. So I'd rather go to I'd rather pick up my life and go get Panera Bread <laughs> in Texas or Florida before I deal with this Panera Bread here in <laughs> here in New York. <laughs> Panera Bread with sashimi on it. It's ridiculous. So here's 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 what gets me too, and this is why. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really I'm sorry. I really I really struggle with this more broadly too. It's this idea, and I say on the, the Republican side to uh, Democratic side, this is for both parties. The idea that we would want people, our countrymates, to fail. Okay? It was like it was like DeSantis. It's like you have the the woke cinematic universe. I hope Texas and Florida, I hope everybody gets COVID and people die. It's like why, why would you want that for people? Why? Do you do you know do you know do you know what I hope for for California and New York? You know you know what I hope two states in which I've lived in both. Yeah. That I've lived a combined nine and a half years in those two states. Yeah. You know what I hope for them? I hope nobody dies of COVID. Do you know why? Because it sucks as an American. Because I'm kind of a de I'm 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 kind of a decent person. Yeah. We don't want people to fail. Like you don't right? want people to die. And it doesn't matter if I believe with the policies of California I just don't want them or the to policies die. of New York. Yeah. Like I, I I hope that on a lot of this stuff that I'm wrong. Yeah, there's earth to die. I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> Samuel L. Nice, nice. Like, I hope that on a lot of this stuff, I'm wrong. And one of the things that's frustrated me about the left in many of this is how insidious it is. It's See, these are the numbers, and you're killing people, and people are dying, and right, they're, they're, they're ridiculous. And you're like, well, 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 a, they're that's not happening. It's like, not. like, 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 the data doesn't. It's just not happening. The data that way. of 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 the vaccine mandates and the masks and stuff like that, the the ends don't justify the means if you look at the data. Yeah. And then even yeah. if you step back away from it, why would you want that for your fellow American, man? And Rendon, I just got done talking today um, to kids, to elementary school kids at an at a, at a elementary school in Spring Branch. Spoke to them 
for for three hours today. What? Yeah. It was awesome, by the way. How many times skits, did you see? Skits were great. Skits were great. I'm just a bill <laughs> sitting on Capitol Hill. It was great. I had a I had a great time doing it. Good. And some of the kids had on masks. I think masks are optional. Some had on masks. Some didn't. Some teachers did. Some did. It's whatever. It's optional. Okay, it's fine. I get it. I get it. I get it. And once again, I'm a freedom guy, so that doesn't bother me. It doesn't me. bother me. It doesn't bother but me. But the Enneagram type one of me bothers me because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. You do realize that it doesn't, this is silly. That these cloth, that these, that these cloth masks. But, but okay, Randon Love. Yeah. Okay. But I've... I've, I programmed myself to get out of that. Do you know what I realized that I didn't, what was the saddest part about it is like there, I was doing like a lot of Q&A and ended up actually, I, had, I was going to set up this this uh, little workshop to do and they these kids started asking me so many questions, we never even got to it. Wow. And what was hard was like a lot of times I, I couldn't see people's mouths move. Yeah, you couldn't read and, their and facial expressions. And I couldn't hear and I couldn't see their expressions. And I'm like, so as an adult, as a grown man, that doesn't, matter to me you're 40 you're a man I, I am a grown man i'm 40 you're I'm 40 a man. I'm, you're I'm, a man. I'm 40 i'm 40 as a as an adult it didn't bother me because i've seen facial expressions for my whole life mm. this is this is the first time in my life mm. outside of visiting korea with the hanya mm -hmm. that i've ever witnessed mass masking in yeah. my life i yeah. haven't seen it i couldn't imagine spending years of my formative developmental years looking at people and not being to not being able to differentiate Facial expressions. You get really good at reading eyes. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's so hard. It's like, so like these kids are going years and years and years with missing what a key element of communication is. What is it? 85, every 85% of communication is actually, is actually nonverbal. Yeah. Yeah. It's nonverbal. Yeah. It's not verbal. Yeah. It's actually facial expressions, um, 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 tone, intonation to a certain extent, but it's not the actual words. So, Wesley, what you're describing here, too, is there's going to be a lot of collateral damage. for what That's what I'm describing to you, okay. from, for, especially when it comes to our and, children. Developmentally. And developmentally, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage. We see it all the time with parents who allow their kids to just space out on technology yeah, and just not interact with other people. See it all the time. And you can have a room full of people and next time you, you go to a restaurant, just look around and, and count how many times you see every single person at the table not interacting with each other but sitting there on a device. Yeah, Check that out. And there are going to be long-term consequences of not being able to see somebody's face to understand the way that they're connecting with you and to be able to read them in that way there's long term just like there's going to be long term consequences from the perspective of depression from being alone yeah right from feeling isolated from having limited human interaction like there are ramifications of this that cannot be measured by x many people died or x many people are hospitalized mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is, this is war, Wesley. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can come back and just because X amount of people died in Desert Shield and Desert Storm, that doesn't inculcate everything that happened to people. Right. There right. are other things. There is damage that that we will not realize 
for for a full generation. Yeah. Well, and we're not going to see that. And I think we need to be very careful about that. And I think we need need to be be very careful going in another year of this. Yeah. Because now you're stringing three years together of this foolishness. Three years? See, to us, that's nothing. To a to a, to a three year old who just started school, what if you're a five year old and you just got in school last year? You you just started kindergarten. These are the years where you learned about this stuff. In the first three years that you've been in school, you've been around people with masks. What? And you don't even need it. It doesn't even work. And once again, I would have. There is a cost-benefit analysis to everything in in the world. There's a cost-benefit analysis to everything in life, okay? And I get if the ends justify the means. But when we're taking ineffective actions to get to a utopian place that we are not getting to, Maybe we need to step back and think about what we're doing and thinking about the ends and the means. Yes. Like, maybe we should rethink this. You know what else has happened, and you've heard me say this about population uh, a number of times. It was finally reported this morning that for the first time in the history of our country, okay, or not the first time, these are the lowest growth rates in population that we've had in the history of our country this past year. The United States grew by 0.1%. And when you talk about economic viability and you talk about the baby boomers and who's going to take on the jobs as they retire, and you talk about us as we get older and the jobs that we're taking in and making sure that the next generation can help us out too, we got a problem. And from a policy standpoint, things get really interesting. China saw that too with their one child policy do you know what china's doing right now yeah china china is shut down all abortion clinics china is uh is is giving fertility treatment to people for free yes they're begging people to have kids there because they recognize that this is a problem moving forward yeah the one child policy from an economic viability standpoint these are things that we need to pay attention to there's a lot that's happening around right now that that means that we don't need to be posting playlists that means we need to be thinking about some solutions. Wow. Yeah. And very seriously. Yeah. Well, Rendon, primary election is in six weeks. Early vote is in six weeks. Really exciting times. And hopefully we could be a part of the solution moving forward, not a part of the problem. Take us out. And remember, smiles are contagious, so make someone stay. God bless you. Thank God you. Bless you.